0: Hello and welcome to I Forgot to Tell You Something, the podcast here to give you hugs and sometimes help when life and ADHD collide.
1: I'm Liz, coming to you from Sydney, and I'm here with my good friend Ron, ADHD coach, advocate, speaker, content superstar, and all-round good time.
0: And I'm here in LA shooting the shit with my friend Liz, ADHD coach, mom and general support crew to people figuring out life with ADHD.
1: We really appreciate that you're trusting us and we just want to chuck in a little disclaimer. No two experiences of ADHD are the same and we're speaking from our own lived experiences, our reading and the vast wealth of knowledge generously shared by our ADHD coaching clients.
0: Look. We're not doctors. We don't know you. We invite you, though, to keep a spirit of curiosity as you listen to us. And so if you have questions about your own experience or about things that we've talked about, talk to your doctor about it.
1: Hello, Ron. Hello, everybody.
0: Hey, Liz. And hello, everyone. Especially you. You know who I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) Everybody feels like you're speaking specifically to them.
0: It's I'm I'm really just, just speaking to one person like right now and, and now everyone listening is really like fuck is it me? Yes it is it's absolutely you.
1: Are they in jail? Would this person be in jail? Wow. <laughs> that's
0: pretty specific. <laughs> I know Do we have someone listening to us that's in jail? That's amazing.
1: I love that idea. How are you, Ron?
0: Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. I just got back from the ADHD conference in Baltimore. So I am, yeah, just, I don't, just, you boys burnt out. Let's just say that.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I had intense FOMO over the weekend. Yeah. I was watching from afar. I know that you killed it and not from your own reports, but from everyone else I spoke to. But I remember from last year at the conference, it's, it's pretty draining.
0: Yeah. It's, like, it's a blast. It's just from, like... And this year, too, I, I got there a little early to kind of try to, like, you know, gradually get into the the craziness of it. So I got there a day early and stayed kind of that last day a little bit longer to try to come down off of the high that is the ADHD conference. But it still was... It just hits you like a ton of bricks. It's There's just so much happening all the time. So many people that... Either you know or know you or you kind of know or you're being introduced to or you're laughing about this and you're laughing about that and the time just flies by and before you know it, it's over. But it is ah, just a blast. So fun.
1: Uh, What was the best bit?
0: I really enjoyed the panel that I was on and the people that I was on the panel with. We had a blast talking to coaches about social media and really a little bit of our stories about imposter syndrome and just how important it is for people to if you have things to say and you have an expertise in the area, you know, it's it's important to try to get over that because I think there are people that need to hear your perspective from your point of view because that's what they needed to hear. So that was a lot of fun. I I talked to a lot of people after that. I felt like it went well and, and I would say that that's how it started off the conference. And after that, it was just a lot of fun. So,
1: Oh, amazing. Amazing. Okay. And that, that ties in really nicely to our topic for today Ooh. which is how people are feeling as adults when they're diagnosed, right? Mm. The, the emotions that come up for people, the grief, the relief, everything in between and I think that in recent years, a lot of people have started their journey to diagnosis by seeing things on social media, by having people like you, Ron, put voice to their experience that maybe they thought they were alone in or they were embarrassed by. So I think that can be really, really helpful. Absolutely
0: not just people like me but people like you too Liz <laughs> Hey
1: Well with my 73 followers I'm really American. making an okay. impact
0: there Yeah You are though you are making it you're making such a big impact I think the it's the social media thing is controversial to say the least hmm. You know there's there sometimes seems to be this impression that there's an overdiagnosis, but then there's also an underdiagnosis and there's misinformation online. But also, just especially from what I've seen, I think it has created so much knowledge amongst our community. And yeah, there's misinformation, but just like in any area, the internet is. I mean, it's the wild wild west, you know? It's it's gonna be out there, it's hard to regulate, and when we try to regulate it, it's it doesn't typically work out. So we kind of have to figure out how to live with it, mm-hmm. uh, instead of just sitting here and shitting on it because it's done so many great things for a lot of people too.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um
0: But we're not talking about the internet today.
1: Well, <laughs> so, we might be. We might be. Maybe, maybe we'll guess- get there. You know, if you are, Ron and I in our work, we speak to people all the time in their 30s, 40s, 50s, sometimes older, who've just had a recent diagnosis of ADHD. And the first thing that I say to people um, tentatively, and I would say it to you as well, is congratulations. If you've even been able to get a diagnosis as an adult with ADHD, I mean, the whole process is not at all ADHD friendly.
0: That shit's hard. (laughs) It's (laughs)
1: really hard. It's really hard. So our reference points for our conversation today are a little bit different. Ron was diagnosed as a child and got, I guess, reacquainted with his ADHD as a big boy. How old were you, Ron, when you got back into ADHD land?
0: Um, so I was, I say reintroduced, but reacquainted is really good too. I like reacquainted. I might switch that, but I was reacquainted with my ADHD when I was, let's see here. I'm like 36 and it's like, I knew I had it, but just that last, you know, 15 to 20 years was not about me ever telling anyone I had it or even like going through life thinking about it or understanding that I had it like it it became a a point of shame for me instead of information right which is how I treat it now like when I go into a situation I'm prepared knowing that I have ADHD so to tackle this I have to be like okay I know I suck at this thing instead of just that feeling of I have to just do this. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with any way my brain's made up. It's just, I have to try harder. And, and that would always come out not great. So.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So. But your story, I want to hear because.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I want to hear your story, but (laughs) I was, I was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult and mine came about as same way that a lot of women get diagnosed and that was because my my son was diagnosed quite a long time ago but as I obsessively delved into the world of ADHD and learnt more and more there were things that were really clicking for me and it was giving me this really uh, fresh and interesting frame of reference for my own experience and even with all the knowledge I had by the time I did muster up the courage to book an appointment with a psychiatrist and wait a gazillion months for that appointment and hand over my hard-earned cash, I uh, still felt a bit like, oh gosh, is this just an excuse? Is And, and I, I really hate to sort of add to that dialogue in any way, but You know,
0: I, yeah, I was gonna say, I still have that self talk. And and so I don't think it's abnormal. And so I guess to, if you're listening out there, like to normalize that I had an ADHD diagnosis when I was young. I am looking back at my life and can constantly go, yep, I, I have ADHD, like over and over again i got kind of re-diagnosed as an adult i am an adhd coach who you know works with adhders all day and sidebar too, i don't know if you've ever seen this uh like little funny joke that's going online but they it says that i can't believe that part of getting an adhd diagnosis isn't just putting you in a room with another adhd and seeing how quick you get along yeah, and because like that is another reason that I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally have ADHD when I go to the conference and I am just everywhere with bouncing off the walls, talking to ever, having a blast with every single person there that I just meet like we're best friends. And so all of those things and all the things that I've learned on how to, you know, have like a strength based approach to coaching and, you know, trying to change my, you know, negative mindset and working with myself and giving myself grace and self-care and prayer and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, how often I sit here and say, you're just fucking making it up. You're just – you're saying this because you don't want to admit that you just aren't trying hard enough. Yeah.
1: With, with and, everything and that, you know. Everything you it know. It doesn't
0: matter. It doesn't – and so if you hear that and and you think like, oh, man, I'm just – you know, really leaning into this because of that, because I don't want to admit that there's something wrong with me. I don't want to admit that I'm just taking the easy way out or everything you've heard your whole life. Like you're, you're not alone in that either. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know that it ever goes away. And if you can figure out how to make it go away, awesome. But like, I I've learned how to live with it, like how to mm-hmm. maybe quiet the voice a little bit and not be as reactive to it. But but yeah, yeah, it doesn't go away.
1: So, so when you have a client who says something like that to you, you know, is this is this just an excuse? Am I just looking for a way to redefine all the unfinished projects or yeah. in my history? How how do you respond to that?
0: It depends what kind of mood I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I love like really. Someone once told me if, 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 if a person or a child or you yourself are making this up, why are you making it up? Like, what is, what are you gaining from it? And if it is this, like, you keep going down this, you know, rabbit hole of questions and you're like, well, cause I don't want to do it. It's like, well, what, what about this don't you want to do? And you keep going, going, like. There, there never seems to be an answer, because the answer is the way your brain's made up is not like made for that, and so it, it like if if you have trouble with these things and you and like let's say it's your kid right and you think that there really is no ADHD and they're like this is why I can't do this blah blah, blah. even if somebody is saying I have ADHD and they're lying. Then there still is something they need help with, mm. like that's not a normal experience. To like, I think if you need help, you should get help. Yeah. And so whatever it is, whether it's an ADHD diagnosis or a person struggling with anything, like struggle, the struggle is real, right? That's yeah. what they say. The struggle is real. Yeah. So real like world. that's legit, right? And mm. and to allow yourself that, there, I think it just comes down to in our society, people don't want to hear other people complain because they're struggling and they're not allowed to complain, or at least they think they're not allowed to complain. And it's, we wouldn't be complaining if everyone was just like, Hey, I'm really having a hard time with this. And human beings just kind of rallied together and be like, great. How can we help you? Then we wouldn't have to complain. We would just be like, I'm not understanding this, or I'm not getting this, or I'm I'm having trouble making this happen. I'm like, oh, okay, let's figure out a way to make that a little bit easier. Yeah, and yeah, and then oh my gosh, look at that—we're helping each other. Weird.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I hope
0: that made sense.
1: <laughs> no, it makes sense. You're doing well post conference, Ron.
0: Uh, am I? It feels like well. blah, blah. my brain feels like putty.
1: But it's beautiful putty. It's beautiful, mm. Ron mm. Brain, brain vomit putty. It's Ron putty. Yeah, yeah. Well that's the thing. I mean, I don't I think I can pretty confidently say that I've never met met anyone with ADHD that wasn't trying so hard. Like they're really, really trying hard. So I I don't think that they're ever looking for an excuse or a way out of getting things done, of being the best person they can be. They're go on.
0: Oh, if they are looking for an excuse, it's because they've been pushed into a corner and need to have one like because they can't get out. Like Then it becomes a survival thing, right? Yeah. So a lot of times I say that to parents when they say that their kid's like a liar or they cheat at things. And, and it's like, well, they're doing that because success or whatever this thing they're lying about has been put on this pedestal as so important and they can't achieve it consistently and therefore they're they're being shamed or they're made to feel like a failure, and so their ego is in such disarray they need that and and they have to find a way to get it yeah. um and sometimes it's the culture, sometimes it's you know just the system, sometimes it's parents, but like or sometimes it's just yeah, they're friends, whatever right it's mm-hmm. no one's to blame other than the fact that we need to be there for when people are telling us they need help, believe yeah. them.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that looking at this, the emotions that come up when you're an adult diagnosed with ADHD through the lens of um, a parent trying to understand their child's ADHD, that that can be a really helpful starting point because, you know, for example, the the lying. Right. So when when a kid with ADHD lies to get out of something, when when you understand ADHD, it it doesn't mean that the it doesn't make the kid all of a sudden stop telling fibs. Right. But it it helps you understand why they're doing it more and to look under the hood and get, get curious. You know, the kids with ADHD will often tell lies to get get out of something in the moment, right? Or or because they feel really ashamed. But without understanding the ADHD behind it, you're more likely to be really judgmental or to come down hard on them or to, you know, have some other big reactionary response. And I think that there's a lot to be learned from that and how can we give ourselves that same compassion and curiosity that we would as a parent to
0: our child. Does any of that make
1: sense?
0: Yeah, the compassion to ourselves is so, I mean, we've talked about it in our last episode, right? Like it's how often I joke, but it's true, right? But I joke when someone says just something about self-care or, you know, hey, it's okay if you can't do this or it's okay if you need to take a day off. And I'll respond with like, absolutely. It's okay if you do, but not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. But it's and I know logically that it is okay that I do. It's just so much harder to do that yourself, to give yourself grace and compassion. But yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the really interesting things that I notice in working with adults with ADHD is that it's so easy to offer clients that passion and to encourage them to be accepting of their experience and meet themselves where they're at. But often my own self-talk is just so mean. Like I've just got a real asshole in my head sometimes kicking me in the teeth. I would never speak to a client like that or to a friend. Mm-hmm. And that's,
0: that's the, that's the truth. And it's even as verbal processors too. And we say that shit out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a good reminder. We don't hear it, right? I'll I'll say to my wife often when she says something similar to that out loud just be like, "Hey, that's that's you wouldn't say that to your best friend." Or I'll say like, "Don't talk to my wife that way." <laughs> like I'll it's it's we're not realizing what we're doing, but we wouldn't say it to anyone. We probably wouldn't say it to anybody's face, even people we didn't like, we wouldn't say it to their face, but we say it to ourselves no problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, Ron, well, yeah. Uh, well, I was just going to say when when you did get reintroduced to your ADHD mm-hmm. as an adult, and I guess reaccepted your
0: mm.
1: diagnosis and mm-hmm. got curious about it, you know, we often hear from clients, "Oh, it's a relief," or they're grieving a life that was lost or missed yeah. opportunities. Were any of those emotions in the mix for
0: you? Maybe I would say no. And I almost was going to say relief a little bit, but it was was more of a drive and an inspiration where I had the answer the whole time, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's the opposite. I guess it's the same. It might be the same emotion of when people are feeling that whole, like, um, you know, lost opportunities kind of thing. Yeah. And it it made me kind of want to make up for lost time. Like, I, I had this drive to, like, I'm doing something about this. And the way that I'm going to trade the lost time is to give it to someone else. And so I that's when I was like, I'm doing something for, for this community, and I'm doing this for every ADHD or to try to, if I can get someone their ADHD diagnosis quicker and give them more time that I lost, then I'm making up for it, you know? And that's what I wanted to do.
1: That's really cool, Ron. That's really cool. Yeah. So when you, okay, so giving back to the community, is really inspiring for you. What What do you learn about yourself, and what What do you get out of those connections?
0: Jeez. Um, well, say what I get out of those connections. It's It's funny. We You know, we do the. I use the via character strength a lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The assessment and when Whenever people do it, there's ninety percent of the time everyone feels really weird about their top strengths because these strengths are just traits and they can be used for good and evil. Right. And how often we see our top strengths and right away we see the like bad in them. We see the things that, well, yeah, I have that trait, but it gets me into trouble or I'm ashamed of it. Right. So an example for you listening out there is if your strength is humor, like immediately Liz, what, what would you say is, like that comes up for you or came up for you at first when you saw humor?
1: Well, yeah, at first it was, I thought of all the clangers I've dropped. <laughs> all
0: the, <laughs> clangers. All the,
1: yeah. All the misfires I've had where I've said the wrong thing at the wrong time. Or I've thought, I thought, oh, well, you know, the last clown kind of thing comes up mm-hmm. because for me, yeah, you know, people with ADHD have that really strong negativity bias. We where yeah. we always look at the downside of it. And I know that I have used humour to diffuse situations, to avoid, to get myself out of things. So yeah, absolutely. That's that was what my brain stuck to first. Got on?
0: And for me, for it was like kindness and I almost felt God, I can't even think of, but I was ashamed of it because how often I wouldn't use kindness because I thought people, well, two things. One, when I used kindness, I could be taken advantage of, and that was always a problem for me. So there'd be times that I would not use kindness, like on purpose, I would hold that back. And also using kindness sometimes would be taken the wrong way. People would be like, what does this guy want from me? Or you know, why is he, you know, talking, is he flirting with me or whatever? And those things happened a lot. And so I was ashamed of that. And, and yeah, there's like other traits in there that that's immediately what happens. And so the way that I kind of connected with it was learning about my traits and I've leaned into them and learned how to use them optimally instead of Overusing them, or you know, when I'm nervous or insecure, or underusing them when I'm ashamed of them, and even though I still do that from time to time, I'm, I work on like being like, no, I can use that, and I I feel good about doing it. But the like getting the diagnosis helped me out by contributing to the community. Like the side effect is I've learned a ton. I feel good about it, you know. Um, Another thing I was worried about with kindness was that I was a people pleaser. Like, that's a big thing that I know a lot of ADHDers deal with. And so I was considering my kindness as, like, a people-pleasing attribute. And so I was like, shit, am I not supposed to be kind? Well, you know, not exactly. But, like, how do I know the difference between people-pleasing and kindness? And so learning that was really helpful, right? Because I started to realize, well, I get a lot out of being... Like, I almost consider it selfish. Like, I really like when I help someone and they're like, oh, my God. Like, they just feel good from it. Like, I love that. And so that's for me. Like, Am I really helping? It's not like in my eyes, I'm almost like it's not really altruism if I'm getting the happiness out of it. Like, it just feels good naturally. It's not Um. like you know, I'm trying to impress anyone. I just really fucking enjoy it. So that's something I had to learn as well.
1: I mean, why does it have to be altruistic? You use your strengths?
0: I'm not saying it does, but you know, like when <laughs> it's just, when we sit here and overthink like the reason we do things, yeah. right? And are we doing them because we're expecting something out of it? And I think ultimately everyone is right? Like at the end of the day, if, you know, Mother Teresa didn't enjoy being kind and generous to people, she wouldn't have done it. Like it wasn't, you know, I think people that are like, wow, they're so generous and kind, either they get tax breaks or they love doing it, right? Or both. Like the idea is you still have to enjoy what you're doing. If you're forcing yourself to do something just off of perception, you know, that's, I mean, that's on you, but yeah.
1: yeah well, so. well, totally. And I think that people with ADHD, and, and this is probably going to be exacerbated if you have, uh, if you've come to meet your ADHD a bit later in life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people with ADHD really lean into those negative emotions, thinking that they're going to motivate them. Like people never want to let go of them, right? Like they're oh, like, for sure. well, if I let go of those mean voices in my head, I won't get anything done. Like I'll just blot yeah. away and never achieve anything. But what, what we know is that when people are able to reframe and lean on their strengths a bit more, and they're, they're more likely to get charged up by positive emotion, but it, it's hard for people to trust that, right?
0: Yeah. I, I remember the first time I told one of my clients, like when she, they were, they were like, well, now you guys are know it's going <laughs> to, I was like half my clients gone. Yeah, like, going to figure know. out who you this is.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, they were saying that, uh, if they were to be less hard on themselves, they wouldn't do anything. And I jokingly, cause I mean, the reason they came to me was they were struggling to get things started and so I, I said to them, "Well, like, how's that been working for you? Like, yeah. why not try something else and not beat the shit out of yourself?" Yeah, because being the shit out of yourself, you ain't doing shit anyway.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> she yeah. like laughed and was like, "Yeah, okay."
1: Yeah. So everybody, go work with Ron, so he can tell you that what you're
0: doing is not working. <laughs> I'm just gonna you. tell you shit. What you're doing isn't working, so your
1: coping strategies suck. Yeah. <laughs> Them. Hey, you've got, I've been on one of your groups once and you've got this really mm-hmm. cool exercise that you do that the elevator pitch exercise. I'm
0: yeah. Yeah. It's groovy. Um, it's groovy. It is. What? <laughs> I think it is so easy for us because we practice all day, every day in our heads, how to talk shit about ourselves. Right. That happens easily we're not really good at pitching ourselves, talking great about ourselves. In fact, we're embarrassed too. I don't don't think I'm alone in saying that when I out loud would say something good about myself, I was worried it would be taken as conceited or I was bragging or there's all these fears around that too and it just doesn't feel good. Just like even when someone gives us a compliment, it feels a little uncomfortable, right? And so what... I tried to start doing with one of my groups was an elevator pitch where, you know, you have 30 seconds to convince me that you're just like a really dope person, go. Mm-hmm. And at first we did ones where we're like, we're going to write out some, so you don't have to just come up with it on the spot. So we took like five minutes and people struggled with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay at first, but the goal is to not have any buts. Mm-hmm. So example of like, I'm a really kind person, but sometimes, you know, I can be too kind and then people take advantage of me. It's like, well, that's not an elevator pitch. That is you softening the uncomfortableness of talking good about yourself, right? Yeah. And the thing was just about like, how do we in in 30 seconds just talk about ourselves like we're our best friend, right? Imagine it's mm-hmm. your best friend and they're going to meet another one of your friends and you're like, oh. I can't wait for you to meet Ron. Like, he's got fantastic perspective. He's a really, he leads with his kindness, a super creative human who just loves working with people and really great at connecting with people and knowing how to like help you understand what he's trying to convey. Just a really good communicator. And I think you'll love him. Mm -hmm. And being able to do that about somebody else is a lot easier than for ourselves. But the more we say that, the less awkward it gets. And yeah. therefore, when we have the negative self-talk, like it's a lot easier to kind of also throw in some of the good stuff when we're getting used to it. And then this way it kind of combats the two.
1: Yeah. And yeah, um, you
0: start small, but but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's beautiful. And and I think that it's really important to know when when we're talking about tools like the Break to Strengths Finder. Right, that, by the way, that's a positive psychology tool. You can go online and and do that for free. It takes about 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and there's lots of tools on there for if you want to go and have a look and what you can do with that knowledge. But things like the VIA strengths and that elevator pitch exercise that you just described, they're not just about don't feel shit about yourself, you should feel good about yourself. They're not just about Mm -hmm. pumping up your tyres. It's, it's really about slowly learning to rewrite the narrative that you've told about yourself your whole life. And mm-hmm. I think that that is, other than accessing medication if you need it, that's probably the biggest value um, of getting an ADHD diagnosis. It's to, and it's just getting the diagnosis is just the start of the journey, right? Because, totally then you need to actually put the work in of rethinking and rewriting your story through the lens of of ADHD, but also through the lens of your strengths and your challenges and everything that's been thrown in front of you, everything that you've already conquered, and not just whether you did well in school or not.
0: If If you listen to, you know, people that are the self-help gurus or even positive psychology stuff they they, they kind of do sell you on like what the end game is. And Mm. it takes a lot of time and you're never just going to be the person that wakes up one day and you're like, wow, I'm never going to have this negative self-talk. I'm just going to have positive, like positive vibes only. I'm just doing this. It's like taking out all the negative energy. Like, no, that's not life. Right. But it's, it's reintroduce. It's introducing the, those positive things and those good things about yourself and it might be uncomfortable at first and you don't have to all of a sudden just be fantastic at it, but it happens quicker than you think too. Like once you start making the move for it and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to come up with like one really great thing to say about myself. And I'm just gonna like practice saying that every once in a while, whether it be with my partner or in a mirror or whatever with my therapist or with my ADHD coach, like having that moment of like, this is what I'm going to like remember. And you might not even believe it at first, you know, like it's, it's still starting the process and starting small and giving yourself grace. And before you like literally before you know it, you're going to be like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm someone that's really kind. Like that was something I could never say like four years ago. Because I was embarrassed to say it. I say it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I say I have great perspective. I call myself a creative person. I would have never done that. Yeah, I, I love collaborating with other people. I knew I always did, but there was always some kind of shame around it. Like, oh, I collaborate with other people because I can't do everything. Or I can't self Like, when I try to do something myself, I suck at it. Like, that's how I used to say it, right? Oh, totally. And- yeah. And it's like, dude, none of us are made to just run everything. That's not, like, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And we've done plenty of work focusing on our our weaknesses. Yeah. Everyone, you could probably sit there and tell me everything wrong with you in a minute. You could just rattle off.
1: It would take a lot longer than a minute.
0: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's what I mean. Uh, We know all of our flaws, like, and no one else sees them like we do.
1: Yeah,
0: And so it's important for, and we don't see our strengths like everyone else does. So it's important to kind of introduce those to yourself.
1: Yeah. I love, I love that example. Right. And, and you and I share that. I always felt like, oh, I, yeah, I always let myself down. If it's something that I set out to do, I'm never going to follow through on it. But when I do things with other people, I get it done no matter what. So Looking at that through, you know, a deficit mindset, I would say, "Oh, I, I can't get anything done on my own." But actually, mm-hmm. if I can let go of that and just accept it, I can say, "I can use that as I can leverage that, right?" I can say, "Well, yeah. I'm more likely to get the important things done that I care about when I collaborate with people who are who are wanting to do this." That's more thing. fun. It's way more fun. It's way more fun yeah. to hang out here with you, Ron, than to just
0: yeah. stare
1: at myself and talk in the mirror. Way it's more
0: fun. You know when, and I think when people first get an ADHD diagnosis, I know a few of my clients when after they've gotten it and we've started coaching, there's been this. Okay, here are the things I'm not good at, mm-hmm. and I want to change that. Yeah, and it's not to say that there you can't grow in a lot of areas. But one thing I would say to people that are just getting, getting a diagnosis is it is not your job to be great at everything. And then I get that's easier said than done, right? But just like when if, if you're someone that's into sports and you know each type of player, whatever the sport is, has their own strengths, right? Like a home run hitter typically – isn't also like the best base dealer or they're not the greatest like pitcher i mean there there are guys that can do that but the point is is you focus on the things that you're really great at and then the things that you suck at you get to a level that it's no longer going to be a hindrance to you right it's no longer like or at least it's going to be less of one where you're like Mm -hmm. okay i might suck at you know cleaning up the house and staying organized but if i can find a way to develop a little bit of a system so that it doesn't put me at a deficit right off the bat and then i'm like drowning great and figuring out what that is whether it's a system or asking for help or delegating stuff right like that that's what you do with the things that you're not good at but the things that you're good at you lead with that shit yeah
1: yeah and you know what it's if people can even just consider what it would be like to let go of the goal being "I'm going to become neurotypical," which is which mm-hmm. is sort of the bottom line of what people are saying, yeah. there, right? Um, right. It really opens the door to problem solving. It just it's sucked. That can be a real relief to go. Oh, okay. I'm only a good person if I never leave lose my keys again. And, and by the way, you know, like people, well, I think this is true, but I think that people who don't have ADHD that also lose their keys every now and then, they don't think that they're like a shit person when they lose their keys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're just like, oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. They haven't been told that though, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? You be, you, even when you're given an ADHD diagnosis, it's not like you release all the shame you have about stuff. You still beat yourself up over things. And it's not going to just go away. I remember telling somebody once, like, shaming your shame is still shame. Oh. And that's another thing, too, where you're yeah. like, fuck, I lost my keys. And you're just like, God, stop beating yourself up about it.
1: Oh, and you're like, wow, yeah. this is this
0: is just a mess. <laughs> like, yeah. But the thing is to just notice that and be like, wow, look, I really do do that. Mm-hmm. Man, it must be really hard for me to get anywhere when I'm constantly yelling at myself god i gotta figure out a way to not do that as much
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know yeah and and i think you know that's we we need to sort of wrap up this conversation and i think that that would probably be one of the main things i would like to say to people if you are if you are freshly diagnosed right you've Give yourself a little bit of a hug because you've been getting through life up until now on hard mode, right? You have been trying so hard. Like, good for you. Good for you for getting as far as you've got in life with, you know, your hands tied behind your back, basically. Um, You know, I would also say know that a diagnosis is just the start of the journey. It's just a starting point. And, and I know that we'd love it to be like, oh, I'm taking medication. Now everything's going to be amazing. It's just the start. So please, if you can afford it in and get support. And there are free communities as well that people can lean on. There's a lot of support out there. For sure. How about, how about you, Ron? What would you say to people
0: who are... Right. Um, yeah, grace is always the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you get when you first get a diagnosis. There's gonna be a lot of different things. I've, like, like we had mentioned in the beginning, I've heard some people say, there's grief, there's a little bit of relief. So other times, other times, it just it feels great. Other times, you're mad. Other, th- other times you're unsure and you don't believe it, or there's, there's, it could be a plethora of different emotions that go by and they're all valid because yeah, there's a lot to to look at. There's the, the fact that I wish I would have known earlier. There's the, this isn't fair. Mm-hmm. There's the, well, now what the fuck do I do? And getting that diagnosis at the end of the day, I think is a should be i mean i say should but like it could be a validating experience if you let it Mm -hmm. right and from there you can start taking steps because until you have that and it's why i think if you've ever heard people say like ah we don't need labels but it's having this as a diagnosis is this validating moment that you can now move on with your life with information like Mm at at anything, like, at the least, we have info about why it's been hard. And you're like, okay, I I know now. Great. Yeah. How do I now tackle it with this new information? Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm not sitting here saying that, great, you get a diagnosis, you're good to go. Or even you get a diagnosis and you're still fucked. Like, you're still going to have ADHD. Yeah. You know, the ADHD is not something that you cure. You learn to manage with it and you learn to find the life that you want after it. And it is possible. You just have to do it a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So go to Instagram and you can find us on, as I'm like double check, guys. I just got back from a conference. I'm like, do to do to do. I'm pretty sure it's at I Forgot Pod. I'm going to, you know what? I'm not even going to.
1: It was a really in your eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us at you.com. You can go to at I Forgot Pod on Instagram. Check us out there. We will sometimes post polls on our stories. Feel free to message us and tell us if anything that we've said is related to you or if you want to hear us talk about anything. Just like we always say, like, if you're going to give us criticism, just make sure it's amazingly like sandwiched in between just positive feedback about how amazing we are, especially maybe that we're good looking or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. Just something that, you know, drowns out any of the negativity you have to say to us because we can't handle it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're good looking. You're fucking annoying. And then I like your hat.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's that's how I do it. Anyway, it was great. Thanks for coming and listening to us. And Liz, it was good to see you.
1: So good to see you, Ron. Thank you for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.